Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Tuesday, February 6th. On today's show, K-State rallies and topples number four Kansas in overtime, and Mahomes comments on his legacy, stating Brady's mark is still far off. Plus, the outplayed Canes manage a historic low 38 points. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with a thrilling overtime victory in college basketball, where Kansas State defeated number four Kansas 75 to 70 in the 300th matchup of their heated rivalry. Tyler Perry was the star of the show, scoring eight of his 26 points in overtime. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to discuss the game. Can you tell us more about Perry's performance and how it impacted the game? Absolutely, David. Perry's performance was instrumental in Kansas State's victory. His three-pointer with less than two minutes left in overtime gave the Wildcats a crucial lead. He also made key free throws that helped extend the margin and seal the victory. Perry's performance under pressure was a major factor in ending Kansas State's four-game losing streak. Kansas State seems to have a knack for overtime victories. Can you shed some light on that? Indeed, Kansas State has been exceptional in overtime this season, boasting a 6-0 record. In fact, they're 11-0 in overtime games under coach Jerome Tang's two seasons in Manhattan. Tang attributes this success to his players' ability to make plays under pressure. They work on it every day in practice, and this has undoubtedly boosted their confidence. What about the performance of the other players? Cam Carter also had a standout performance for Kansas State, contributing 19 points and 11 rebounds. Arthur Kaluma added 13 points and eight boards. On the Kansas side, Hunter Dickinson led the team with 21 points and 12 rebounds. Dajuan Harris Jr. and Kevin McCullough Jr. each added 15 points. How did Kansas State manage to turn the game around after trailing in the second half? Kansas State showed great resilience. After Kansas scored the first nine points of the second half to open a 41-30 lead, the Wildcats responded with an 11-point run, capped by a three-point play from Carter. Perry also had an 8-0 run on his own. Their ability to respond under pressure and put score pressure on Kansas was key to their comeback. What were the key moments in the final stages of the game that led to overtime? In the final stages of regulation, Perry hit three free throws to give K-State a three-point lead. However, Kansas fought back with a layup from Harris and another from McCullough to take a 62-60 lead. Perry then tied the game with a layup. A putback from Kaluma and a bucket from Adams sent the game into overtime. Thanks for the insights, Bella. Now, from college basketball to professional football, let's turn our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs as they bid to become the first NFL team to win back-to-back championships in two decades, quarterback Patrick Mahomes has said that a victory over the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl LV8 would put our stamp on NFL history. Here with more on this is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Sports. So Abby, what's the significance of this game for Mahomes and the Chiefs? Well, David, this is the fourth Super Bowl in Mahomes' six seasons as a starter, which is quite an achievement. He acknowledged that it's surreal and that he tries to appreciate it every time. The Chiefs are aiming for their third Super Bowl championship in the past five seasons. 
The last team to win the Super Bowl in back-to-back years were the New England Patriots in 2003-04. Mahomes is still quite young in his career. How does he view his own achievements in comparison to someone like Tom Brady, who holds the quarterback record for Super Bowl victories with seven? Mahomes is aware that he's not even halfway to Brady's record, and he hasn't put much thought into whether he can eventually catch or surpass him. His focus right now is on beating the 49ers and trying to secure a third ring. He's committed to giving everything he has to the game and not having any regrets, regardless of how many Super Bowl rings or wins that results in. Mahomes has experienced both victory and defeat in the Super Bowl. How does that influence his approach to this game? Mahomes has indeed tasted both sides of the Super Bowl coin. He led the Chiefs to victory against the 49ers in Super Bowl Live and the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl L-12, but they lost Super Bowl Elf to Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He said that avoiding another Super Bowl defeat is as much a motivation for him as winning a third. He described the pain of losing the Super Bowl and said he's almost more addicted to avoiding that feeling than he is to hoisting the trophy. There's also been some off-field news involving Mahomes' father. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, Patrick Mahomes Sr. was arrested in Texas over the weekend on suspicion of driving while intoxicated. When asked about it, Mahomes said it's a family matter and he'd prefer to keep it within the family. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now, shifting gears to college basketball, the Miami Hurricanes recently suffered a significant loss to the Virginia Cavaliers, scoring their lowest point total since joining the ACC in 2004-05. The final score was 60-38 in favor of Virginia. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Michael. Can you tell us more about this game and what led to such a low score for Miami? Yes, David. It was a tough night for the Hurricanes. They started off well, leading 7-2, but things quickly went downhill. Virginia's Reese Beekman and Jacob Groves played a significant role in the Cavaliers' victory, scoring 16 and 12 points respectively. Miami's performance was so disappointing that it was their worst output in the league since scoring 40 against the Cavaliers in February 2014. That's quite a drop in performance. How did Miami's coach, Jim Larinaga, react to this? Larinaga was clearly frustrated. During a timeout, he stayed by himself at the bench while his team met with his staff on the court. And after the game, his news conference was brief. He acknowledged that Virginia outplayed Miami in every aspect of the game. And what about Virginia's coach, Tony Bennett? How did he view his team's performance? Bennett was pleased with his team's performance, describing it as a complete performance. He praised his team's hard work on offense and defense. This victory marks Virginia's seventh straight win overall and their 23rd consecutive home win, the longest active streak in the conference. What can you tell us about the individual performances in this game? For Virginia, Isaac McNeely had nine points, six rebounds, and four assists, while Ryan Dunn added eight points and eight rebounds. The Cavaliers had 20 assists on 26 field goals. On Miami's side, Norchad Omier had 11 points and 13 rebounds for his 12th double-double of the season, while Wuga Poplar added eight points. What's next for the Miami Hurricanes? The road doesn't get any easier for the Hurricanes. They will host number three North Carolina on Saturday. It will be interesting to see how they bounce back from this loss. Thanks for the insights, Michael.
And speaking of sports, let's shift our focus to soccer. Lionel Messi, the World Cup winning captain for Argentina, is expected to play in Wednesday's friendly in Tokyo, where Inner Miami will face Japanese club Vissel Kobe. This comes after a public relations debacle on Sunday when Messi sat out the entire match against a selection of players from the Hong Kong League, leading to fan outrage and demands for refunds. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent James. Can you tell us more about what happened in Hong Kong and what we can expect in Tokyo? Certainly, David. Messi, along with teammate Luis Suarez, remained on the bench throughout the entire match in Hong Kong, much to the disappointment of fans. Messi, who has been relatively quiet with the media since his move to Inter Miami in July, addressed the situation at a news conference in Tokyo. He explained that a groin injury made it impossible for him to play in Hong Kong, despite suggestions that he could have simply trotted around for a few minutes to appease fans. So, what's the likelihood of Messi playing in the upcoming match in Tokyo? Messi has indicated that he's feeling much better compared to a few days ago, but he's still unsure if he'll be able to play. He's expressed a strong desire to participate, especially considering the excitement of fans who are eager to see him play. However, the final decision will likely depend on his training progress. And how has Inter Miami's global tour been going so far? Inter Miami's global tour has been somewhat disappointing. The club is trying to build a brand using veteran players like Messi and Suarez, but their performance has been lackluster. Through five games from El Salvador to Dallas, Saudi Arabia and Hong Kong, Inter Miami has won only once and has been outscored 12-7. to 7. What about the fans who bought tickets hoping to see Messi play? Do they have any recourse? Mark Conrad, a professor at Fordham University's Gabelli School of Business, has pointed out that a ticket is for a game and does not guarantee a player's participation. While it's true that many fans purchase tickets with the hope of seeing Messi, his failure to play does not generally constitute a breach of contract. Messi, for his part, has expressed hope to visit Hong Kong again and play in a future game. That's certainly something for fans to look forward to. Thanks for the insights, James. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.